Welcome to Trying Days of the Journey, conversations with publisher Chris Milligan. I am Bruce Tatoris. With us is Philip Nelson, whose website is lbjthemasterofdeceit.com, where Phil indicts President Johnson for numerous treasons, beginning with his central role in the murder of John F. Kennedy. Phil's many books can be found there, including his Trying Day book, Remember the Liberty, Almost Sunk by Treason on the High Seas about Israel's attack on a U.S. naval ship in collusion with President Johnson, which was intended to foment war between Israel and her Arab neighbors. That site again is lbjthemasterofdeceit.com. Phil and Chris, it's great to be with you both. Very happy to be here with you. You bet. And thank you, uh, Phil, for coming on. Well, you know, uh, Phil, you've uh, been talking about LBJ for, for a while. Let me ask you this. How did you uh, stumble on to LBJ being uh, not so truthful? Uh, that happened on February the 20th of 1961. I think it was a freshman or sophomore, whatever it was. The principal came on the high school PA system and announced the, the, the fact that there had been an airplane crash on, on his ranch. And, and then he uh, quickly dispelled any concerns by saying that don't worry the vice president is just fine he, he was on the ground actually it was just the pilots you know that, that were in, in the airplane and that just sounds so strange to, to me then I, I just couldn't grasp you know what first of all how you even had an, uh, a runway an airport on his ranch that was kind of astounding not many people do that and this one was six thousand feet long you could fly jets in there. Well, small jets. You couldn't land a 747 there, I suppose. Well, th that caused me to start thinking that there's something wrong with this, this picture. And it, that impression never went away. And, and it's, it was something that um, set in within me, and especially later in 1962, all the Billy Celestis, all the, all the news about Billy Celestis was on every newscast and just about every newscast and every uh, newspaper in the country. It was a big deal. I always wondered about what that was all about because uh, this was something that you would or ordinarily only have as a news item in Southwest Texas. It was a, a con man from Southwest Te Texas doing some uh, weird uh, stuff, uh, frauds with, with the government. And rarely did you see Johnson's name in, in these accounts, because he made sure that all the reporters understood that he had they had to keep his name out of it. It, it, it did come out finally, though, in uh, Life magazine uh, in 1962 and also in 1963. After that sort of got evaporated, now Bobby Baker be became the centerpiece of, of all the, the uh, discussions about scandals. And it was like, you know, just how many scandals is this guy in? Anyway, and and all and in 1964, J. Uh, Evans Haley's book came out, and it described in more detail what happened back in '61. You know about the circumstances related to that airplane crash, and it became just stranger than hell, uh, and that was just added to the list. You know, I remember Bobby Baker and Walter Jenkins and all of these people that. Uh, you know, had scandals related to LBJ. And then now, uh, you know, you, you start talking about the um, uh, Kennedy assassination. And then, you know, you did a book with us uh, about um, 
the uh, U.S. liberty. Now, right. it, it seems to me pretty much that that cover story has pretty much blown up. Is there anybody still pushing the cover story as true history? Well, Israel still does, and, and people who write books uh, about, you know, with the, uh, the government's stamp of approval, both governments, by the way, this fellow named Jay Crystal, he, he, he came out with a, with a book with, he attempted to validate everything that was in that, those uh, first uh, scandalous reports. There's never really been an actual investigation by Congress or any other government agency, uh, including the Navy. I mean, the Navy put slammed one together within a week. And of course, it was just a lot of nonsense. And it, it didn't start dribbling out until 12 years later when Jim Ennis wrote his book. And there was a book just before his by a fellow named Anthony Pearson who also wrote articles in Penthouse Magazine. All this stuff that came my way, I, I somehow logged in and filed away for future reference. Uh, but I was in the middle of a corporate career back then. I was in the property insurance uh, business. Uh, right. I was an officer for a major company. And so I really didn't get a chance to get my hands into it any, until uh, I uh, retired from there. Now, you know, uh, one reason I'm having you on today is because uh, you've been releasing quite a, a bit of information on your website and through your blog about the moon landing. One reason I look at it hard is, is because, oh, in, in, in my research and in, in the Kennedy assassination and other things, I, I came across what is uh, uh, supposedly this alchemical formula to uh, control the world uh, that these, I call people in the shadows, the secret societies, uh, were trying to pull off. And, and supposedly, uh, the, the number first one of that is to destroy primordial matter, which, you know, the first atomic bomb happened at the uh, Trinity site there um, over in New Mexico. And then the second part of that was the uh, killing of the king. And that was supposed to, you know, the uh, assassination of Kennedy uh, right next to the Trinity River, right near the 33rd degree parallel there in, in Dallas at a ritual kill zone. And then the third part of this alchemical formula is bringing the star matter back down to Earth, which is supposedly uh, that was happened with the uh, moon landing. And they brought the rocks back down to uh, to Houston uh, there. Mm -hmm. And just a little aside, when Kennedy was still alive, the moon and, and all of that space stuff was in the uh, Navy. But then as soon as he died, uh, Johnson moved it to the Air Force. You know, I've looked at it many times. I've asked a lot of people. Um, you know, and some people I thought might know something and they were always, nobody would ever tell me anything. And, you know, there's some obvious uh, things to look at. And then there's all, there's a lot of pushback and all of this that, oh, no, no, no. So wh what have, what have you discovered, Phil? What, what's your, uh, what's your take on it these days? Well, I guess I, I can say that I always questioned it be, be, simply because LBJ was president for during that period of time. And, and therefore, if, if it was a hoax, then axiomatically, 
he was the creator of it, in my opinion. And, and I think there was a definitely a hoax on at the time of um, you know the uh, Apollo 11 uh, launch, because the promise had been made by JFK that by the end of the, that um, decade, which meant December of 1969, that we would land a man on the moon, et cetera, et cetera. And they kept having all kinds of problems and so forth. And uh, one of the videos that was presented in my first first blog was uh, a conversation that JFK had with James Webb. And James Webb was basically telling him, you can hear all this discussion still, just go to that link. And basically, James Webb told JFK that uh, they are not going to be able to to put a, a, land, a man on the moon in, in that period of time uh, because of all of the technical problems and all, all the issues that, that we've been um, exposed to for a long time now. Webb told him, we, we will probably be able to do a flyby. In other words, put, put a, a spaceship out there and, and a lunar orbit and then bring it back. So they'd have some good photography from that, supposedly. At that point, JFK knew that, that he was not going to be able to complete that uh, uh, goal. And so he was basically re ready to either dump the program completely, I, I believe, and or, well, actually what he did do in the meantime after, after that was, was to uh, try to attract Soviet uh, interest in doing a, some sort of a partnership uh, to get to the moon. If, they, if there was any chance that they could work together, perhaps they could actually fulfill that. They got no response from the Soviet Union about that. That was so, JFK. That was JFK. And this was only a month or two or whatever it was, just a few months before he was assassinated. So we'll never know what was really on his mind. But the administration had been basically warned at that point that it, it's not going to happen. So here comes... Uh, LBJ following him, and 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 this is just my subjective opinion. So don't don't expect me to prove it, but I believe that LBJ knew all along, even even at the point where where John where where he had you know pushed JFK into adopting that uh, goal. I I think that he he secretly knew that that was going to be an unachievable objective, but they they wanted to to do it as as a a national security thing to prove to the world how all powerful the United States was in, in one way or another. I think that was the, the, the unstated uh, mission all along. When Johnson took over, uh, he's just the kind of a guy that if, if he was presented with uh, the news that that was just not possible, as James Webb told JFK, that he would find a way around that in some way and he was devious he was he was from the time he was a child he played these kind of games these hoaxes and stuff on whenever he could he loved doing this stuff so it fit him fit his mold to t in, in my humble opinion well anyway so there's there was always that in the back of my mind however i i had never seen it so so when i wrote my first blog on this it was june 24th of you know just three or four months ago whatever and I even stated there that I am not actually advocating this. I'm just laying out all the facts so that you can decide that you, the reader. And, and I, I said, there's a, there's a very compelling case to be made here with, with a lot of citations, specifically to a, a video that had um, 
had been shot a few months after the supposed lunar landing in which all three of the astronauts were invited to, to attend this, this thing. This is after months of them traveling the world and getting the accolades of, from all over the world. All the celebrations and so forth, the, the uh, parade through Manhattan was probably one of the biggest ever. I guess it was probably the biggest ever. And then they wound up on, on this interview and, and I, I did feature it in, in, the, uh, in the blog where you can go right to that point. And, and this is a three and a half hour video. You just slide the little thing over there until you get to uh, three hours, 24 minutes. And then you can watch for yourself how the three astronauts were, were just stoic. They were sitting there expressionless. If anything, is more of a grimace. If, if you look at, uh, at Buzz Aldrin's face. And it was almost like he was biting his tongue or lip or whatever. They just could not talk. Suddenly here they were on stage and they were asked a question about when you were there on the moon, that is, could, could you see stars from there? And be, because you couldn't see stars from that blackened uh, view that everybody remembers. But that one thing just stuck in my mind, like how can they come back from this world tour, sit there like they're, they're uh, the accused and, and being, uh, tried or something like that. Um, th they were afraid to say things or to answer that question particularly because they really didn't know. Evidently, they just hadn't been up there. And that's the only possible reason I, I think that they that they could not an answer that question. And the guy who who created this video, by the way, his name is um, Bart um, Sibrell. Uh, oh, Sibrell, thank you. He offered each of them $5,000 in cash if they, and they, they could donate it to their favorite charity and get the credit for it. If they would just respond to the question, would you swear to the fact that you were on the moon? And they all refused. And why would they do that? I, all these just strange things, but, but it was the expressions on their faces. It was almost like they were being tortured because they, they wanted to reveal the truth, but they, they couldn't. And they got stuck trying to answer a question that evidently they didn't know the answer to because they, they all said, no, we didn't see any star. Anyway, after that, June 24th, I, I, I dropped it and went about my other stuff. And it wasn't until September the 11th on that day, <clears throat> this video appeared. And by uh, a couple of, in a couple of days, just I think two days after that, I published my second blog on the subject. And it had to do with this, um, oh, his name is Gene Gilmore. He, he came on there and his, his um, look on his face, he, he had just been diagnosed with cancer and he knew his time was limited. And he, he, he began by explaining who his father was and the fact that his father had, had been uh, assigned to the uh, Cannon Air Force Base outside of Clovis, New Mexico. It, he elaborated on his father quite a bit by saying that he was a very honest man and he condoned no lying in, in his house. They, he comes across as a, a very honest man who, who is not out for any financial gain or any other uh, fame or fortune. And his father, it was on his deathbed that he told his son until then, his son was not aware of any of this. 
because they have all been warned not to disclose anything. This, um, can we say alleged filming, I, but I believe it happened, that was set up in, in the, uh, a couple of huge hangars uh, nearby this uh, Cannon Air Force Base. He, he was given, his father that is, um, was given the list of people who he could admit in that entrance, the VIP entrance. He had the list and he passed that on to his son. And Lyndon Johnson's name was on there. One of the um, astronauts, I'm not, I can't remember exactly, it might have been Alan Shepard. And uh, Werner von Braun, his name was on there. And I think there were something like 15 or 16 names on this list. I believe he and his father were telling the truth. And I think it was very compelling. That made me decide that, well, this is the, the kind of evidence I've been looking for and wanting to see. And suddenly there it was. This, this dropped September 11th of this year. That's right. right. And, and, you know, it, it really hasn't gone, quote unquote, viral. I mean, the only place I saw it was, um, you know, on your blog. You know, well, it's like everything else. You know, the mainstream media, they, they control and organizations related to it. You know, who sees what? Uh, I mean, I, you know, I can respect somebody talking about what his daddy told him. You know, I, I didn't have to wait till my daddy's death, deathbed. He told me it was he had signed a paper that said he couldn't talk for 10 years. And and when he was talking to me, it was outside the the 10 years. And but, you know, his his secrets weren't quite as deep as a fake moon landing. OK, my father's. So, yeah, right. Yeah. It, it, now, what what is, is there more corroboration? Well, uh, I'm not sure there's any specific evidence to back that point up, but other other material was then I, I put additional evidence out in the third blog. I was just going to get to that. I, was, I have been referring to the first blog and the second blog. Now the third blog, the, the third and last blog to date at least, uh, was, was published on um, September 24th. That did have other corroborating evidence. Okay, all you have to do is go to the third blog, September 24th, and, and look for the insert that I've, I've I basically compiled into a single page, all of the excerpts taken uh, fr from this fellow's uh, Bart um, Sabrell. His book, uh, Moon Man, was published some time recently, and he's made a number of presentations about it, and those were also linked in my last, um, in that last final um, blog. And uh, the yellow highlights were already in there. That was put in there by, I guess, uh, Gar uh, Gene uh, Gilmore. Or, or Bart, I'm not, I'm not sure who did it, but it was already highlighted. I didn't have to actually add the yellow. Now I have to go back and read it for you if, if you sure. want me to. Re read, read it for us. Okay. Uh, the, the first citation is starts this way. Lyndon Johnson, the U.S. president at the time, was personally presiding over the first of three days of filming of this sad misadventure. He, he's referring to the filming, a three-day event that started, um, I think it was on June the 3rd of uh, 1968. Anyway, I'll just read on from there. I was informed that this was set up inside two very large aircraft hangars that were coupled together to best simulate the fake landscape's enormity. 
Countless tons of pulverized concrete were delivered to the military base in dump trucks, which were used as the lunar soil for the creation of the photographs and pre-filmed television images, while laboratory quality test samples of supposed lunar soil were made from crushed lunar meteorites, which had been personally retrieved from Antarctica by rocket designer Warner Von Braun the previous year. Uh, Cannon Air Force Base near Clovis, New Mexico was the location of the filming. It was obscure, remote, quite small, and thusly would have had the fewest possible eyewitnesses. Additionally, Cannon Air Force Base was also the secretive, quote, Special Operations Command Center, end quote, for the entire United States Air Force, which is their interdepartmental equivalent of the CIA. The operations code name was Project Slam Dunk. This code name resulted from President Johnson's private remarks about the supreme urgency of attaining Kennedy's misspoken December 31st, 1969 deadline to have a man walking on the moon, which Johnson said, and this is in bold type, will be met come hell or high water, end quote. The once impossible moon missions were suddenly transformed into a, an easy slam dunk. In other words, they had to just reallocate all their attention and funds to pulling it off as a hoax instead of uh, for real. Okay, now I'll just name all the names that I had mentioned earlier when I said I think it was about 12 or 15 or whatever. It says the list does not include certain military personnel and all the photographic and film industry professionals, such as the full crew, set designers, bottle makers, etc. They used a separate entrance and we're on a separate list, which is not available at this time. Okay, here's the list. Lyndon Johnson, the president. Neil Armstrong, NASA astronaut. Edwin Aldrin, NASA astronaut. Werner von Braun, rocket designer. <clears throat> Robert Immenegger, image consultant. Eugene Kranz, NASA flight director. James Webb, NASA administrator. Joseph Kerwin, future NASA astronaut. Thomas Paine, NASA deputy uh, administrator. Glenn Looney, NASA flight director. Christopher Kraft, NASA mission control founder, James Van Allen, radiation expert, Arthur Trudeau, Army intelligence. And then there's two that they're unknown, but they believe Donald Simon was someone representing the Navy and Grant Norrie is uh, someone representing the CIA. Uh, I do have uh, one other uh, closing paragraph that I'll, I'll also read. I was informed that these specially equipped top secret film studios along with all the mountain backdrops, the studio sets, as well as all the film and photographic equipment were quickly disassembled after the photography and filming was complete so that no trace of it remained. Even the fact that President Johnson once visited Cannon Air Force Base, which at one time was boasted about on the Air Force Base's website was quickly removed after this investigation into the matter commenced. What's the most compelling thing that you've come across that leads you to believe that it was a hoax? Well, I, as I said before, I believe this guy, I believe he's, he's credible. Uh, he, had, he had no financial uh, uh, you know, interest, but, but I could, I, I've become a pretty good 
Oh, I don't know. And I, I don't want to come across as judgmental of everybody I ever meet, but I can, I can size up some people and know that if they're a blowhard or, or, or they have, you know, a lot of. You have a BS detector? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about right there. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, appreciate you it. You bet. So, Phil, do, do, you, do you believe that uh, the moon landing was a hoax? I believe Apollo 11, that moon landing specifically, was, was a hoax. I sort of stated in my, my uh, third, in the third blog, I, was, I sort of went on record as saying that this really puts the whole Apollo program in, a, in its shadow. And, and uh, after that, I had a, a great friend of mine um, challenge me on some things. And I had no answers for him because uh, I realized that he is steeped in the Apollo program. He, he knows more about Apollo than well, anybody that I ever have ever known before. And, and he's, he's very defensive about it. Now, he does concede that he, he wouldn't put it past Johnson to have set this whole thing up. And, and all this stuff was real as hell, okay, that happened. Uh, however, that he would have only done that as a COIA in case the actual launch was was not able to, to be uh, to be met. Now, and, but but he thinks the actual launch did happen. Now, I, I'm going to I'm just I, I still disagree with that. Obviously, yes, absolutely. I, uh, Apollo 11 was the host, and all I've stated in this in the circular that that uh, actually the thing I was just sending out before before this. I explained a bit of that in there uh, and, uh, and explained that uh, he, he has raised so many questions and he's also answered a lot of the, the issues that have been left, you know, for people to argue and debate over. And so um, I, I, I felt that he, he's, he's raised so many important things that I want to want to retract that part of it. That is after Apollo 11 from then on, I am not an expert in, in Apollo and he, I believe it is. You know, it's hard to, to some sometimes get around some of the um, oh the nebulous stuff, the uh, the the impressions one one has of of people, including this guy Gilmore, which, who I think is very credible. And and the impression I I still is stuck in my mind. Those three astronauts couldn't answer any, these questions, and and just bowed their heads and re actually they were just it was it was the most um, uncomfortable people I think I've ever seen. I've seen some uncomfortable people on stage. Um, what, what about Johnson's diary for those days? Yeah, he, um, I, I, I copied the three pages of the diary in that very first blog and, uh, and showed that what, what was in there is that he, he really led some kind of a weird life back in, when he went back to the ranch. He, he spent so much time just driving around and his Lincolns and so forth, and with Lucy along. I mean, the, the part that was was convincing to me is is how they detailed things that you would never find in any other blog. That they were trying to create the existence of he, him around the ranch those three days, and so they had him driving down Ranch Road one, and then he he turned on to some other road. And, and so forth. And they, they went into all this inane detail over nothing. So the diary basically says he was in Texas at, at his ranch. Yeah, right. And it, it also, it also in, in the evenings, 
he was entertaining his Hollywood friends, but, but he wasn't at, at this, at the ranch. However, Doris Kearns was. Uh, it, it, it actually went into this thing where the, the, they went out on a boat at 8.09 p.m. Now, now, this is June, so it's still light out, okay? Uh, however, it was 8.09, but there was no entry for when they returned. <laughs> so, maybe, maybe they never came back. Uh, so all, all of this information is up at your uh, website? Oh, yeah. The website is lbjthemasterofdeceit.com. The blog, then it'll get you right into them. Okay. And Onwards. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome.